What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. This week, I'm just going to go through a couple different questions I got over on Twitter throughout the weekend, uh, talk a little bit about the Jets preseason to date, and that's basically going to be it. Going to be a quick-hitting uh, solo pod today. Just going to talk through uh, a few of the things that we got sent through. Want to give a big thank you to everybody who came out to our watch party on Friday night at William McBride's. Really flattered by the turnout, but it was a good time. Uh, we're going to do another one on September 30th against the Jacksonville Jaguars, where we'll probably do a pregame show uh, or a postgame show. Haven't decided yet, but definitely uh, come back out to 6th and Grand in Hoboken, New Jersey. And, and check out William McBride's if you are in Hoboken all year long for football and drink specials. They're going to continue to be a partner of our site and a partner of the podcast. So, uh, again, it was great to meet every, you know meet a few people uh, who follow the site. Uh, good to see everybody out there just hanging out and watching some football on Friday. So, uh, we're excited about what is to come with William McBride's and uh, all of our other partners of the pod. So I'm going to just jump right into these uh, questions here. Uh, I'll read out the handle uh, or the uh, username, read out the question, and then just work through the answer. Should go about 20-ish, 25 minutes or so. Um, first question from Jason Waterfalls at Cranman85. What is the ceiling and floor for the two New York teams this season? Uh, so referring to the Jets and Giants here, I think with the Jets, uh, I think the ceiling is probably Buffalo last year, and that is an eight and eight or nine and seven team who makes the wild card because the AFC is pretty down. Uh, I don't think that's out of the question for the Jets at all, more so because of the conference and their division that they're in. So a nine and seven, you know, six seed, you get into the playoffs, uh, probably don't make much noise when you get there. I think that's the ceiling. I think the floor would be another five and eleven season. Uh, which would be disappointing, uh, you know, coming off the past two years. I think we're all looking for some type of improvement. I don't think it's going to be playoffs this year, but I think, you know, that 5-11, and soft 5-11, and similar to what they had last year where they went 2-9 and down the stretch and really uh, were not all that competitive in some of their critical games uh, where they had a chance to march back towards 500 and maybe play in meaningful games down the stretch. Uh, I'm referring mostly to the Denver and Tampa game last year. For the Giants, you know, I think with the strategy they employed this offseason, in my mind, it's kind of playoffs or bust. I, I don't see how the Giants or a Giants fan would say a play anything less than a playoff berth uh, is not a failure this season. They basically doubled down with a 37-year-old quarterback and said, you know, this guy is good enough to compete with, uh, so we're going to build around him with Saquon Barkley, uh, we're going to get Nate Solder, uh, and he's going to be our guy. So I think, you know, if you look at the Giants division, I I'm not sold on the Redskins and Cowboys being all that good. I don't think it's out of the question for them to be a 9-7 and or 10-6 and team uh, who is a wild card team. I do still think the Eagles are the best team in that division. I think the floor, you know, could be pretty ugly. The Giants have a very tough start to their schedule, so it could be one of those years where... You know, they start 2-5 and five or something, and Eli's not playing great. Maybe things kind of spiral on them uh, and into a 6-10 and 10 type season. So somewhere in that range, you know, nothing too, 
you know, crazy here that that team could swing between six and ten or ten and six. Uh, I don't see them being much better or much worse than that either way because they do, you know, for some of the holes throughout that team, uh, they do have a lot of talent on offense and they're going to score points with Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram and Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard. It's a nice collection. Uh, of offensive talent, and they'll be able to take advantage of that on some of the weaker parts of their schedule. I think the bigger question is, how do they fare early in the year when they're playing You know, Jacksonville, Philadelphia, Carolina, uh, Houston? Uh, we'll have to see. But it, it will be an interesting year uh, for both teams because there's going to be all eyes on Barkley and Darnold and how those two picks do comparatively to each other. All right, next question from Sean Onikatin. For Jamal Adams, is it time for him to stop talking about how great he is and just be start being great? So this is a type of commentary I think we see from time to time from Jet fans. I think everybody likes Jamal Adams. As a fan, he's a really easy player to root for, has uh, a lot of passion for the game, is a high-energy guy, does all the right things on and off the field as an ambassador for the team and really the one of the faces of the franchise. I think his rookie year was... Pretty good, not great. I don't think he necessarily lived up to the hype of being this generational player, which is what a lot of people were talking about him being. He really wasn't in a discussion for Defensive Rookie of the Year, and he, he was pretty inconsistent. Now, he did was asked to do a lot and played well, and I think he has not hit his potential or ceiling yet in the NFL. So I, I see how it so could sometimes rub some people the wrong way when he talks and carries himself like he's already an established All-Pro, but I just think that's his personality, and it's something that most Jet fans, I think, like and appreciate. Uh, I don't know exactly what we're going to see yet uh, from Adams in terms of a ceiling. He may plateau as just being a very good starter, uh, particularly because of some of the rule changes, or he may be able to get over that hump and really become one of the clear-cut three or four best safeties in the NFL and be a regular All-Pro. I think we're going to learn a lot more this year uh, when we see what kind of strides he takes or doesn't take in year two. Next question from Dean McCowan. What do we do if special teams is a dumpster fire? We don't have a kicker. Punt coverage is terrible. Subpar returners. Is this just an example of where bad teams and coaches show they are bad? So I think special teams, you very often see special teams suffer when teams do not have good depth and they have a bad track record of drafting, particularly in the middle and the late rounds. And I think that has been a problem for the Jets for a long time. You know, you could say what you will about what they've done with the Sam Darnold, London Williams, and Jamal Adams pick. I think where the Jets are feeling some pain on their roster right now and where it's trickling down to special teams is that when it's all said and done, there's only going to be one player left from their 2015 draft class, uh, and that's going to be Leonard Williams. The rest of those guys are going to be gone when roster cuts are made. You look at 2016, uh, Christian Hackenberg, second-round pick, is not here. Uh, you look at some of the other guys they took in that class uh, and what kind of impact they're not having. I'm looking more at like a guy like Justin Burris, who was given an opportunity for a bigger role last year and did not uh, particularly take advantage of it. When you're looking at last year's uh, draft class, the Jamal Adams class, uh, it's been a really quiet summer for Chad Hansen, Ardarius Stewart, Jordan Leggett, uh, Eli McGuire's been hurt. 
Uh, and that's been frustrating, and there's been a trickle down. Even on this year's draft class, Perry Nickerson has missed a lot of time this summer. Uh, Trenton Cannon has been up and down. You know, he's a six-rounder, so you do have to temper expectations around him. But I think some of those uh, prospective misses in the middle and late rounds can come back to haunt you. Uh, when you look at your special teams overall. So, you know, the good news, or I think where the Jets are hoping for good news, is that they found their punter, Lachlan Edwards, with one of their draft picks. Sharon Peake could be a guy who sticks around on coverage units, uh, and he was a seventh-round draft pick. And at returner, I think Andre Roberts is more than capable, uh, but you're just sacrificing a, rast- a roster spot for a guy who's probably not going to do all that much for you on offense, although he's been fine on offense when given the opportunity this summer. But he is, you know, a capable returner. Kicker remains a question mark, uh, whether it's going to be Jason Myers, who was just signed, or somebody else. Uh, but it's still not an area to feel all that good about. And it looked really bad against the Giants. And I just think, you know, the, the lack of overall depth is hurting them. It's really hard to only have one contributor from the 2015 class. And it's really hard to have, uh, you know, a collection of guys. Uh, Jeremy Clark, Jordan Leggett, Chad Hansen, our Darius Stewart. Uh, Justin Burris, all very likely not making an impact. You know, trading a pick for Rashad Robinson, not sure if he's going to have a role or even make this team at all this year. So I think that's where you're seeing uh, some of that pain come through. Uh, Next question from Danny Wilson. What trait or ability about Darnold has impressed you the most this preseason? How would you rank, analyze the rookie first-round QBs after three preseason games. So as I'm recording this, uh, the Bills have not kicked off yet today. That's going to be a real interesting game. I believe Josh Allen's starting and it's going to get extended reps in that one. He's actually been, I would say, slightly better uh, than I expected so far this preseason. Uh, I don't think he's been as good as Darnold. Uh, from what I've seen, I think Rosen uh, started a little slow, but we've seen some flashes recently of why so many people, including myself, liked him so much. I think Baker Mayfield uh, has been really good. And, and, you know, between what he's shown on the field and what's came out through Hard Knocks, I think you're seeing why so many people liked him in the draft process and why, despite maybe not having traditional measurables, uh, he has a good chance to be successful in the league. It's really hard to rank them side by side because it's a very small sample size and they're in very different situations. I think they've all been close, clustered together pretty tightly with maybe Darnold and Mayfield slightly ahead of the rest. I think we've had some you know, inconsistencies from guys like Jackson and Allen. Uh, I think Rosen has came on strong and had a couple really impressive throws, but we'll have a better understanding after today when Rosen and Allen play because both of them have games later today. Uh, oh, and also for which trade about Donald has impressed me the most, just composure. I don't think he looks erratic or, or scattershot at all in the pocket. He The game does not look too big for him. It doesn't look like it's moving too fast for him. He just looks very comfortable and looks like someone who's been playing for a long time, which after watching guys like Sanchez and Gino in their rookie year be so erratic and every now and then have these plays where you'd be like, what, what are they doing and what are they looking at? Uh, we haven't seen any of that from Darnold yet. He has one turnover, and it was on a fourth down where it was going to be a turnover on downs anyway. He's protected the football. Uh, we know he had fumbling issues at USC, but that hasn't shown itself yet in the preseason. And he doesn't seem to get rattled when there's pressure. You know, he kind of either scrambles out. Uh, he had a nice run on third down last week where he throws the ball away. Uh, which is encouraging to see. So uh, just the composure and and the presence of a guy looking like a veteran when he's only 21 years old. Uh, Next question from Brian Fields. Which stats will you use to judge Sam's overall season? Completion percentage, turnover ratio, and yards per attempt from me. Uh, I think those those are a good starting point, right? You want the guy to be completing 
60% or more of his passes. You want his YPA to be higher than it's been in the preseason. Get him up, you know, around seven or in the mid sevens, and hopefully he starts attacking down the field a little more because the Jets' game plan is not quite as vanilla because they're out of the preseason. Uh, looking at turnover ratio, of course. And I, I think, look, he's going to turn the ball over. I want to see if he has a short memory. How does he respond? What are his statistics the drive after or the quarter after making a turnover or a mistake? Is he able to bounce back? How does he play in the fourth quarter? How does he play on third downs and third and longs? What is he you know, producing when the pressure is on a little more in the red zone or the Jets scoring touchdowns instead of kicking field goals. So what is a, what is his productivity when the Jets are inside the 20-yard line? So I think there's going to be a lot of different factors um, in how we analyze him. Uh, can he keep himself healthy? Does he know how to slide and get himself down? Uh, is he avoiding sacks uh, or not checking the ball down for safe completions when he should be attacking past the markers? So uh, it's going to be a wide range. And I think, look, there's going to be up and downs. For him, particularly as the schedule gets harder uh, in the middle and the back half of the uh, the season. Uh, but you just want to see steady improvement throughout the year. Uh, next question uh, from Darren Tewksbury. What tight ends do you think make the roster? This question basically blew up my mentions on Friday for some reason. Uh, Jet fans get very angry uh, at any insinuation uh, of a mid to late round pick. Maybe not being all that good, and it happens. It happens with every team, not just the Jets. And I think if you look at tight end this summer... Eric Tomlinson's going to stick for blocking purposes, whether you agree with that or not. Neil Sterling has been really consistent in working as the first move tight end and has made plays in both preseason games that he's played in. Clive Walford, you know, dropped uh, non-standing against the Giants, played well in the first two preseason games, and you know has put some decent games under his belt on the Raiders previously. I think with Chris Herndon, he's kind of been the disappointment so far, right? He missed the first two preseason games. He played a decent amount against the Giants, but dropped his only target uh, and didn't really do anything else that sort of jumped off the screen. Now, he's going to stick around one way or another. He's a fourth-round rookie. Is he going to be on the active roster? Is he going to be someone who's on the 53 but's inactive every week? Are the Jets going to come up with a way to stash him on the IR? I don't know. Those are things to keep an eye on. I do feel like the first three are going to make it. Sterling and Tomlinson are definitely going to make it. I think what they do with that third and fourth spot is up for grabs. I don't see any reason or justification to keep Jordan Leggett. I think he cut your losses. He can't stay healthy, and he hasn't been productive when given the opportunity. He's got zero catches this preseason, uh, has missed time with injuries. I, I'm not convinced why or what he's doing that Neil Sterling can't do at this point, who I think might be a better overall athlete anyway. Um from Michael Parsons, and now that Sam Donald has won the job for week one, because you see him sitting for the Eagles and letting Teddy go with the first team, hoping to boost his trade value. I do think Thursday is mostly going to be a Teddy Bridgewater shoot, uh, showcase. The Jets did just sign uh, another arm to add into their quarterback room. Uh, who could potentially take some snaps along with McCown and Bridgewater? I got to look up this guy's exact name. I'm not even—he <laughs> he was in rookie minicamp with them. Uh, John. Da, da, da. I got to dig it back up, but I do think Thursday is going to be, oh, I'm sorry, John Walford. The immortal John Walford will be the Jets' extra camp arm, uh, who will probably play some uh, on Thursday. I think they'll play a lot of Bridgewater uh, so he can continue to showcase himself. I think you might see a little McCown. McCown did play in this game last year, I think almost a full quarter. With Darnold, maybe they bring him out for one series just so he goes through the motions of getting ready for a game. Uh, I remember they did that with Sanchez back in 2009. He played one series against the Eagles. I don't know if the Jets even want to risk that, but it wouldn't shock me if he played, you know, five to ten plays on Thursday. But it's just about getting out and getting everybody healthy. 
Next question from Dan Zingis. What pass rushers do you think we could realistically trade for? Who would you want? Well, of course, everybody wants Khalil Mack, right? I just don't know how realistic that is. And uh, if that's something that's more likely to maybe happen next year, if it's not going to happen this year, or if Oakland's going to come to their senses and find a way to work something out. I think with Dante Fowler, that's probably more realistic. Uh, It's just a matter of what you're going to have to give Jacksonville. So Fowler, while I think he's being a little overrated by some, uh, would immediately become the team's best pass rusher. So I'm very interested in that for a mid-round pick or a package that involves Bridgewater. I just don't know if it's going to come together uh, as the season's getting a little closer here. And uh, if it doesn't, Todd Bowles is going to have to get really creative with his blitz packages because the Jets are going to have a tough time getting after the quarterback with the collection of players that they have at outside linebacker right now. From Matthew Eight. Will TOJ be attending any games this season? And if so, host a tailgate. Sorry if I missed this earlier. Uh, we don't have any planned tailgate parties. We have the planned watch party at William McBride's for the away game on the 30th. I will probably go to a game or two, uh, but no on-site uh, activations planned out yet. Might be something we look to do in the future, uh, depending on how this season goes. But we'll, of course, keep everybody posted uh, if there's any news on that front. Uh, question from F.A. Chris. What's the new value for Teddy, and what's the best scenario for trading him? I don't think anything that happened on Friday you know, did anything to his value, either positively or negatively. I still think he's a guy who's probably getting them uh, a fourth-round pick with some conditions attached to it. Maybe it bumps up to a three. Uh, maybe it just stays as a four. I think it just depends on what the injury situation is now. Or is a team like the Saints, a team like Denver, going to get anxious enough and pull the trigger, maybe a Tampa Bay. Uh, I mean, there's some options out there. I just don't know how long, A, the Jets want to hold on to him for. And I don't think, barring an injury, they're going to really get much more than a mid-round pick, maybe a fourth-rounder. So we'll see how he plays Thursday. We'll see if there's any other injuries. But that's still sort of my baseline expectation for him. And I think it's good. The best-case scenario for the Jets is they get a draft pick for him because otherwise he's going to walk after this season and you're not going to get anything back. And you can't count on anything as a compensatory selection because the Jets are going to spend a ton of money and bring a bunch of free agents in. So you don't know how that formula is going to work out and if you're going to get anything back for him in that way. So I think they want a draft pick for him. They want McCown to be the primary backup and they want Donald to start 16 games this year. This has been the way it's been since late April. Uh, I think finally everyone is accepting it, and it's just you know the reality of the situation with how both quarterbacks uh, were signed, acquired, and their body of work overall throughout the summer, not just the preseason games. Let's see. Question from Gus. All the talk right now is about trading for Khalil Mack, but Teddy is part of the deal, assuming Darnold is the starter, which he will be. Would it not make more sense to trade for a serviceable left tackle using Teddy and maybe a lower draft pick? Uh, look, like pass rusher, tackles are very hard to acquire. And if a team has a serviceable left tackle, they're likely not parting with them because they're so hard to replace. So I don't know if there's really anyone out there uh, who jumps off the page and if that is going to line up with a team uh, who is going to have a need for acquiring Teddy Bridgewater, uh, depending on what their quarterback depth chart is. Tackle's a hard spot to fill. And the Jets are probably going to have to fix it through the draft or a big free agency splurge. I don't know if they're going to be able to correct it before this season. I think they're counting on Kelvin Beecham to be healthy and Brandon Shell to take some strides from last year, and they're going to hope they're going to be covered in that way. And look, I don't I don't think this is a good offensive line by any stretch of the imagination, but they've been playing with backups for most of the preseason, and they've been 
pretty bad, but they haven't been an absolute train wreck. It's not like Darnold's getting destroyed back there every time he drops back. Same thing with Bridgewater. I think Beecham being back will help. I think them getting some reps together as a full unit early in the season will help, and there might be a bit of a learning curve or a process of that happening. But uh, I think you're going to see the status quo at offensive line, which I know some Jet fans don't want to hear, but I think that's just the reality of the situation overall. Do, do, do. Let's go one more question here. One more question from Sean at Malachi75. If you could choose any two players, one for each side of the ball, who would they be? And do you think they turn the Jets into who, who would turn the Jets into realistic contenders? So basically, if you could add one player to the offense and one player to the defense, who would add them to legit make them legitimate contenders? Well, I think on defense it's Khalil Mack, right? And that's actually at least something that's being discussed. But if the Jets add a pass rusher, a legitimate pass rusher to this defense, I think then we could talk about them being a top 10 to 12 unit. As it stands right now, they're more likely to be an 18 to 22 unit because that pass rusher has such a trickle-down effect on the cornerbacks, the safeties, the other def- uh, other linebackers, and the defensive line, guys like Leonard Williams. So Khalil Mack you know, is arguably the best pass rusher in the NFL, if not definitely the best pass rusher in the NFL. So if you had a chance to get him, the expectations for the Jets, I think, would change both in the short term and, and even you know the couple of years after that where you have him under contract. He's that good, and it would mean that you really address two of the two most important spots in football right now, which is your quarterback and your pass rusher. I think offensively, you'd look at tackle. You'd want someone uh, you'd feel really good about at left tackle uh, or... Uh, maybe you would look at an interior lineman, but I, I still think you'd probably lean towards tackle. So I think Beecham's okay. I think Brandon Shell's okay. But you'd want, you know, who is the best tackle in the draft next year? And can he be someone who stabilizes that position for the next 10 years for you, like the Brigashaw Ferguson did for a while? So those guys generally don't hit the market, so you're probably going to have to fix it through the NFL draft. All right, we are going to wrap. We will be back on Thursday with a new episode uh, with a TBD uh to-be-decided interview that will run Thursday uh, with some final thoughts on the preseason, and uh, we'll take it from there. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Appreciate all the recent reviews on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review there. Turn on the Jets podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening.